Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Well, good show planned for you guys today. Scott Dixon is in here. Guys won a ton of IndyCar races and also done a lot of uh, Le Mans, 24-hour Le Mans. We talk about that, driving yeah. the Ford GT. Take a deep dive into that. We get into a little bit on the Jaguar F-Pace SVR. Mm-hmm. We get into some Australian and New Zealand big V8 yeah. car racing as well. Very interesting segment that a lot of people may not know too much about, but if you go on YouTube... Take a look at some of those races from the 70s and 80s. They were intense. All right, we'll do that all in a second. First, Zycode Heat, the enemy of speed. Zybar, re- revolutionary high-temp coatings. Dissipates heat and increases performance of manifolds, headers, uh, exhaust, uh, intake, exhaust, uh, manifolds, turbos, intakes. The turbos you can take apart. They'll do the housing in that it, it just helps. Heat is the enemy. Under that hood, man, you got to turn the boost down. What did we learn? Boost, bar, pounds. Yeah, 14.7 and, K- and yeah. 100 KPS. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Anyway, we'll learn all about that. But you want to turn that boost up. You want to get rid of that heat. And that's why you want the uh, Zybar. Uh, increases horsepower, torque, reduces metal surface and under hood temperatures and for our listeners who aren't do-it-yourselfers, you can visit Zycoat.com, click on uh, Coating Services, and Zycoat will coat your parts. Send yep. them in. I think you're back in 15 days. So just or send less. them. Or less. Send them the header. Send them the manifold. Zycoat.com, and uh, do it yourself or have them do it. Get it on, got to get it on. No choice but got a minute. Get it on and welcome to uh, Castrol Carcass. I'm Adam Carroll. That's the moderator, Matt D'Andrea over Hello. there. What's going on, man? Oh, just uh, doing car stuff. What are you doing? All kinds of car stuff. Uh, bought a truck. We talked about that on the show with Goldberg this week. Driving a new Acura TLX. I'm a truck guy now. That's mm-hmm. how I roll. I'm a truck mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. I'm... I don't know how I'm going to get it, but... <laughs> but I'm, uh, I'm going to figure it out. <clears throat> I was driving around the Infinity. Yeah. That's a big rig. It is. And it's good. The QX80? QX80, big, full-size SUV. It's good. It's good. It's a little bigger than I need, but it's good. It's good to pile the girls in there, my, my daughter and her friends, and take them out to Malibu and just sit up high and all that. Um, my only beef is the mileage indicator. Once it gets to 33 left to go in the tank, it just flatlines. That's it. I've seen this before. Like, I want to say it's like a Jeep Grand Cherokee or something I, have, I was driving. I have that. I, I have had that happen. But I've had it in other cars, yeah. which is it flatlines with 30 miles left. Yeah. And it's like. 
I don't need when I look down and see one eighty seven left terms of range. Yeah, who cares? I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's only that last oh, thirty yeah. miles that I, I care about. I want to say the BMW <clears throat> E thirty six M three. You and I both had one of those. And it would turn into this flashing dash. And I'm like, why? I need to know. Those are the ones you need to know. (laughs) And by the way, I've had ones go down to like zero. And then I think I've had ones cut off at like 10 or something. But don't cut off at 33. I think the BMW might have cut off at like nine or something like that. It's just like... And yeah, I remember that thing flash. I'm like, I got to be four miles into this flashing. What do I do? Like, because I think it said nine. I think it said seven. Scott Dixon, by the way, indie driver, serious indie driver, is going to come in in a second. He's uh, third on uh, all time in indie wins. Did you know that? Behind oh. AJ Foyt and Mario Andretti. Mario, we're going to see doing a car cast coming up in Portland yeah. soon. But uh, third all time. Scott Dixon. And uh, nominated, by the way, for his uh, six nominations for uh, ESPY for uh, Best Driver. Yeah. So uh, lots going on with that guy. Um, we're going to bring him in in a couple of few, and we'll talk to him all about uh, Indy, which I feel, <clears throat> and you tell me, mm-hmm. I feel like it is having a resurgence. Was it's there a problem with Indy and cart and competition with Indy and cart or confusion with Indy and cart a few and years that, ago, that some merger, years ago? Huh? Then, then a merger, I guess. All I know is a, is a fairly, well, casual but consistent observer of indie is I think if there was some sort of chart, it would have been down five, eight, ten years ago. And I feel yeah. like it's up now. Yeah, I would say, you know, we, I like watching the Indy 500 and the race we have here, uh, Long Beach. You know, we I, I like that race. Uh, we both went out this year and watched some some racing and i feel like that event has gotten bigger over the years the past few years right just bigger and bigger right it's a by the way long beach grand prix is a great party it's a right. great what a great place to race i guess <laughs> uh yes i mean scott's won the indycar championship in 03 08 2013-15 and last year in 18 finished third in his class at uh Le Mans. Race there, uh, sixteen, nineteen. I'm interested. Yeah, actually, I want to get what some was Scott driving that, in, I think, in Le Mans? I think he won his class in Le Mans. Finished third. Oh, well, here's how. I don't know. This could be yeah. Dylan. It could be Chris. Let's find he out. He probably finished third and won his class at Le Mans, but we don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to talk we'll have to about figure that. that one. Maybe GTLM. I, I, made, I made the bio. It's not Dylan. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, but I have, I have class position. Well, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get it into it be. with Scott. We'll get into it with All Scott. right. Why don't we – let's see. Give me one more second here. Um, yeah. So what are we doing? We're getting ready to go to Laguna Seca. We're uh, That's right. doing all up. that good stuff. Yeah. And, oh, speaking of Indy, let me throw this hmm. out here. I've got tickets. I've got a couple pairs of tickets to the IndyCar race in September at Laguna Seca. And I've got some tickets to NASCAR at Bristol, I want to say August 17th. Mm-hmm. How do they get those? Email us, carcastshow at gmail.com. We'll randomly select some listeners and uh, get them hooked up with some tickets yeah. to the Speedway. You've been driving uh, F-Pace around for a week? Yeah. How's oh, that? F-Pace SVR. Oh. It's 550 horsepower. It's an animal. Jag? Yeah, the Jaguar F-Pace SVR. 
Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's fantastic. So you you had a F pace for a minute, right? But you had the the kind of the entry version <laughs> with. I uh, remember again little weird dings. Like I remember going, all right, well, sign me up for Sirius XM. And they're like, yeah. oh, we're going to have to get a separate receiver and antenna. And I was like, oh, no, it's it's, it's built in. They it's just got to activate it. And they're like, now you got to get a separate receiver. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, what year is it? I, well, first off, a Ford Focus from 2011 has it built into the thing. Why yeah. isn't it just built into the, the thing? Everyone has built into the thing. Just activate. It's like, no, you got to get a separate antenna and receiver. And I'm like, but this is a jack, and it's 2018. <laughs> yeah. why, why would we have that? Why wasn't it built in? I remember at little bits and pieces of that kind of going, why not? Uh, yeah. I, I don't – there's certain – <clears throat> like I like Jag, but then I was like, I want a heat, I want a cooler, I want an air conditioner in the seat or whatever. I was like, nah, I don't have that. I'm like, I don't know. You're Jag. Why don't yeah, you yeah. have all that stuff? I apparently they do. You just didn't have it. Um, <laughs> all right, Chris. See if you can bring up my social media. You got to see the color on this thing, and then you got to see the seats because mm. the seats will win you over. When you get to the SVR, by the way, the SVR is seventy nine thousand. I think seventy nine nine ninety base. 89,000 as tested with the big wheels, big brakes, 550 horsepower. It, mm. it's, it sounds fantastic. And uh, it, it look at that. Uh, look at those, like a racing, like a sports seat, good very bolstering. Deep, very bolstery. And very diamond stitchy. Right. Looks good. <laughs> uh, the color is almost a, um, it's kind of a Laguna Seca or Laguna Blue that yeah. they had, BMW had the M3, the E, what do you got, a 46? Yeah. I think the E46 came out in this special color, yeah. and it was like they called it Laguna Blue or Laguna yeah. Seca Blue. I don't know, Max Pat, if you can find that. Yeah, but it's very similar that, that was sort of the color. It's, yeah. a, it's a, I don't know, it's not a dark blue, it's a medium blue that just looks really sporty. This I think Jaguar claims zero to sixty in like four point three seconds, but it's been tested as fast as three point seven. The fact that uh, it's got four doors, it's an SUV, it's all wheel drive, it's all wheel drive, and your sub fours yeah, is geez. unbelievable. Yeah, it was fun to drive. Fantastic. Um, let me hit uh, JB Weld real quick here for big or small projects. We're proud to have JB Weld epoxy adhesives as our sponsor. We use it at home, the garage, the studio. Wherever we want and everywhere. It's jbweld.com. You can get it at Home Depot and Amazon and everywhere, all the auto parts stores as well. All right, so you're driving that. Uh, Scott Dixon is uh, waiting in the wings. Um, want to talk to him about all this indie stuff. Want to talk to him about... Um, about Lamar, too. I'm a little curious. Lamar's well. You think wanna, he won his he, class. I want to know what he drove. Third in his class at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. All right. Uh, put a note there. Max Pad said what he drove if you go class because we don't know what he drove, but we can bring him in here and ask him. So why don't we bring in Scott Dixon, five-time IndyCar Series champion. Scott Dixon. Yeah. It's going to be uh, this Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN is uh, where they're going to have the Toronto 
Grand Prix or the Indy, Honda Indy in Toronto. Scott is uh, the defending winner there. He's won there three three total times on that track. Uh, Scott is in good. Put the headphones on. Max Pat will get him set up. Good to see you, Scott Dixon. Oh, hey, how I just got to turn the mic. Got to turn the mics on. There we See. go. We're a little shorthanded <laughs> here today. You heat it up. Uh, there we go. Try that again. Is it working now? Yeah. There, there it is. Is. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thanks so, for having me. So, uh, Scott, first, just because we're all up in uh, Le Mans mode here, what what did you drive at Le Mans? What class? Uh, G, uh, GT Pro, is it? GTLM? Uh, GT Pro, I think they call it there because they're Pro and M. So, But yeah. the, the 4GT. There was their uh, oh, the, the res- resurrection of the fiftieth anniversary from oh, sixteen. Come on, Max, the Pat, that's a big car for us. Four GT, yeah, awesome. And you drove when they brought it back in. Well, 16. was it sixteen? Is when they brought it back. Sixteen was the first year back, and yeah. they brought three cars and uh, four four cars. Yeah. Who was on your team? Who was on in your car with you? So there was the UK team, and then and then the American team. Uh, I was on the American team with uh, Ryan Briscoe and Richard mm-hmm. Westbrook, and then the other car was uh, I think Dirk Muller, uh, Joey Hand, and Sebastian Bourdais was in the other American car. So they actually won the race. We were third. Yeah, well, that holds. So, we got yeah. that worked out. Yeah, that GT. So I've heard through uh, discussing with uh, I don't know. Was I talking to Frank Keedy about that? Yeah, um, maybe. Uh, maybe. I think so. Um, at Goodwood, I think. Yeah, I was talking would, to him about would be, it. It would have been him. Um, <laughs> they, uh, yeah. they, <laughs> you know. So the deal. Marino. The deal is, is back in the day, you could drive a Ford GT in the sixties at yeah. Le Mans. <laughs> but you couldn't drive it at 10 tenths. It, it would break, yeah. you know, and I've talked to those guys. Like I talked to Dan Gurney about how to save the brakes at the yeah. end of Le Mans. He'd be like, I put that thing downshifted into, I don't know, third and just let the car slow itself, yeah. like, like stay yeah. off the brakes, you yeah. know? So it's like, obviously Dan Gurney is talking to me about not going that hard. You know, if it yeah. was a half hour sprint, he'd be on it, but he's not. So, you guys have more comfort and more technology and more safety, but you have to drive. Now you can drive the car 10 tenths for 24 hours. Is that a correct statement? It's a 24-hour sprint race. It is. <laughs> right. It's flat out. It's, it's, it's very tough. You know, and, and back then there was two drivers, right? Not, you, I think now the maximum you can have is three or you're, you have to have three because you, yeah. you can only drive for a maximum of four hours in a six-hour window or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard now. It's, it's flat out. And then this category too in GT, uh, GT Pro – it's big fields, you know. You're talking that was for the outright win in the '60s, obviously '66 right. through '69 mm-hmm. or whatever they when they won four in a row. But um, you know, now it's uh, a class of about 18 or 20, which is probably the most difficult class. The prototypes now are really well. It's only been Toyota for the last two years, uh, and then and then prototype two, which is a pretty uh, tough class as well. But it's it's a great race. You know, I was lucky to go with Chip Ganassi Racing, the same team I race with in IndyCar, so it made it a very easy transition and and to go to to Lamar for the first time. Our team did win uh, with the with the sister car uh, coming in first, and we came in third. So it was definitely um, for the fiftieth anniversary to go back and, and win was uh, was astonishing. Yeah, and what a great car to drive in that event. 
Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Now, it's cool to drive a VET. It's cool to drive a 911, but it's better to drive the Ford but, GT. But you've done Lamar a few times <laughs> just in the Ford GT? So I've only been part of the Ford program, yeah. So it's um, – you know that that was the last race this year uh, for for that effort. Yeah. So um, you know it will be interesting to see. You know, there's the the category is changing a lot, right? You know, the World Endurance Championship and also the ACO they've brought in the new hypercar, uh, which will start next year, I think, with Toyota and then also Valkyrie uh, with the Aston Martin. So it's it's an interesting transition. But they've tried to, you know, the budgets were two hundred three hundred million dollars a year uh, when Porsche and Audi and all them were going at it uh, with Toyota, uh, whereas now they're trying to you know crush that down to to around $30 million a year. So I think they'll have a, a big influx of, of other manufacturers, which will get it back to where it should be. So you're saying the Aston Martin Valkyrie yeah. is going to race in the GT category? No, that'll be in the hypercar. So that will be what's known now is for the outright win for prototype class. Yeah. The hypercar class will have what makes and what vehicles in it so i think at the moment the only two that have signed up is the the toyota um hypercar uh which they've already started running i think i saw some some clips like maybe on youtube or something and then and then the valkyrie that's it at the moment but then you know i think uh mclaren's meant to be coming in uh bmw like would have there's, there's a ton ford i think are even looking at it as well do uh, they yeah. do they i'm trying to picture a hypercar i'm trying to picture a toyota hypercar yeah what's i'm I can't physically picture it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what it is. And I, I, it's pretty it, interesting. Do they looking. have to homologate I know what the Val- it? I know what the Valkyrie looks like. I yeah. know what the Valkyrie looks like, too, yeah. but they've made street versions of it or versions well, of they're it. Supposed it's to. going into production, the Valkyrie, yeah. yeah. But I think uh, I think they're going back to kind of the old school rules, maybe, of yeah, going to so a, a production story, yeah. of at least 25 cars. Yeah, so it yeah, looks... That's it yeah. Right. It's, it's, it just looks like a race car. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I tend to like these... I don't like when cars become sort of futuristic space traveling machines. Like I don't even really like the aesthetic of F1 yeah. anymore. It's like the aesthetic in the 70s was so great, yeah. you know, with yeah. Elf and John Player Special uh-huh. and Ferrari, big barrel tires in yeah, the back, yeah. smaller in the front. Yeah. Lots now, of this is why they, we were talking about like Goodwood Revival and stuff yeah. when right. we were doing the other yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the hypercars have brought it back a little more toward what a car looks like versus the GTP stuff or the LM whatever yeah, stuff that LMG. looks just sort of crazy. Yeah, crazy. I think a lot of people were hoping they were going to go back to maybe GT1 spec where you know it would be like a Ford GT, but you know the the, the unfortunate part of of the balance of performance that everybody races in that category now is that you know the road car has almost I don't know 700 horsepower. But the race car has only 500 horsepower. Yeah, know, right. They're, they're so detuned that it, it, it's it, it's just, you know, I don't know which is the limiting factor. I think it's the Porsche or the Corvette, you know, and everybody gets detuned to, to that spot that everybody has, you know, basically the same speed. So going to the, the GT1 spec, I think, would have been quite exciting. But uh, obviously, they've gone down the road of the hypercar, which will be interesting. Yeah. Well, the Porsche, they're probably going down to the Porsche if they're, if the Porsche's not running a turbo, no turbo and yeah. it's a flat, naturally aspirated six. Yep. They're not going to get more than 500 horsepower yeah, out of seems- that engine. They're just not going to with the displacement it has. And I'm sure the VAT and, and endurance could get horsepower. It. But know. also, why not? Give a turbo, let the Porsche run a turbo, bump it up to 750 horsepower, whatever. You can get whatever you want once you put a turbo in there because the Ford is a six-cylinder, but it's running turbos, and it can make whatever it wants as well. 
Either way. Yeah, it's an interesting category because the Porsche is, is not – it's not even a 911, right? I think it's it's a, it's on a Cayman chassis. So they oh, went to really? a mid-engine because they needed oh, to add – Oh, they're mid-engine. They needed oh. to add the rear diffuser, whereas on the 911, you couldn't add a rear diffuser. Oh, yeah. So it's, it, there, is some, it's, there is some strange <laughs> configurations yeah, out there. I don't know. But, well, uh, we need to talk to uh, Patrick Long, I think, a yeah. little more about that, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he would know exactly. Yeah. I'm probably not meant to say something like that because it's, you know, <laughs> it's not really a car. But yeah. yeah, it doesn't exist in a in a factory form. But yeah, it's, it's not. Start, it's starting to stretch. It's quite not a bit. unlike yeah. my '79 Datsun 280ZX twin turbo car that's in the next shop. It's yeah. got a V8 in the front of it. There's no manufacturer <laughs> that way. No. It didn't come that way. <laughs> no. And it's got two turbochargers. Yeah. And so it's like. How do you get that across the governing body where you're driving a car Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist and you're going, no, no, it's a Japanese V8 in there. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, I know, but nobody ever made this car. (laughs) (laughs) Bob Sharp told me, Bob Sharp said, (laughs) because all the... uh, Hi, this is Bob Sharp. When he hey, answer, Bob I answer Sharp. the phone. <laughs> I answer the phone like this. Uh, hello? Hello? <laughs> Who is this? What do you what? want? What? He just goes, hi, Bob Sharp here. <laughs> he's a car salesman, you know. <laughs> if I called Bob Sharp right now, he'd answer his phone. Bob Sharp. Bob Sharp. So I, I said to Bob, he's like, yeah, yeah. All the 935 Porsche guys were all pissed off when we brought this, this car out because it's got a V8 yeah. and 933 horsepower and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. Well, they had a point, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they're running engines that helm in their cars yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. not. And he's like, I told him, relax. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Paul put this thing on the pole at like Pocono. Yeah. And if Paul wins the race, then we can have another discussion. Yeah, but yeah. Right now, yeah. he hasn't run the race. He's on the pole, but he hasn't won anything yet. And then if he wins, we can have another meeting. Right now, as far as I can tell, we got all this press out here because Paul put this car on the pole. So you're welcome. And he left. He's <laughs> what a marketer, such a salesman. And then the car broke, and yeah, then and they didn't, didn't have to have it. another nobody, meeting. Nobody bitched about yeah. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was great. Fantastic. So, Scott, you're going uh, this Sunday is uh, the uh, Indy in Toronto. That's right. Trying to think of, I don't think I've been on that track. We've never been on that track, have we? No. Indy. That's fun, man. Which track, which track is it? It's the street race, so it's downtown. Oh, it's a street yeah, yeah, race. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to think where a track would be in Toronto. Actually, I don't even know the first year, but I know it's been running since the 90s. But it's uh, it's gone through some changes over the years as as a lot do how many races now in the series are the street race versus the ovals uh i think it's maybe 12 and 5 or something like that so there's maybe only four or five ovals um you know it it has changed a lot i think when i first came into uh indycar in the early 2000s it was maybe 50 50 and same with indy lights back in those days too so it's uh it has gone more road course based um you know throughout yeah uh, it it seems there well, I don't is. know. What's more challenging, yeah. a street course or a, or an oval? They I both think. are. They're just so different. You know, I think you're, you know, mentally an oval, especially, you know, like maybe the Indianapolis 500, you know, the speeds are so high, the car is so light on downforce, it's moving around constantly. It's just mentally after that three-hour race, you are drained because, you know, one, you've got the cars running around 
uh, you know, at the same time at very high speeds. You know, you're confined by concrete walls and fences that can be, you know, shredders and things like that. So it's, it's uh, you know, a street course is a lot more physical, you know, because it's bumpy. It's, uh, you know, lots of braking, you know, shifting, um, you know, the acceleration, um, you know, is, is, is pretty intense. So, you know, it, it, they're just so different. But that's what I love about IndyCar racing is that it's so diverse. You know, you do short track ovals to super speedways like Indianapolis to street courses in yeah. Toronto uh, to road courses. You know, uh, I think Mid-Ohio is next up on the road course list. So. Right, all different, and not only is the street course are, are bumpy, but there's no camber in any of the turns. Some yeah. some are like off camber yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You have to figure and, out a lot of stuff. The Sears Point, Sears Point is the one you're not a huge fan of. Well, <laughs> Sonoma, yeah, Sonoma, Infineon. Yeah, I don't know what they call it now. No, I, it's it's technical. Yeah, you got to figure that track bumpy. out a little like, bit. Like I I went around it in a I don't know it was a Ferrari Challenge. I, Went around it up there, and it seemed bumpy. Yeah, it's not too bad. Like it's 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 an older circuit for yeah. sure. Like it's probably due for a bit of an update. Uh, we don't go there anymore. Our last race at Sonoma was last year, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's a hard track, much like Laguna Seca is, and the fact that it's quite low grip, so the car slides around a lot. There's a lot of elevation changes, so it's really hard to you know pick your marks or um, you know over crests and things like that. So it's it's easy to catch you out. And the, the thing that I always found so frustrating with Sonoma uh, was that you know kind of in the afternoon the wind would shift, the track would totally change, then all the dry dust would be on the track and and you know you'd be setting up for qualifying times or, or getting ready to yeah. go and you'd go out and you'd be like a second slower, you know. So it's um it's definitely a track that with the heat and wind changed you know changed a ton, but that's I think just due to It's the, amazing the how group. so much of that can af- can affect. That's oh, huge. Cuz no, you yeah. guys are just so at the limit the whole time, the slightest little, you know, like is it change in weather? Yeah, just yeah. something. And well, just certainly wind. any dust on that yeah. track just, is just complete game talk changer. Talk about a real game changer. It's funny, like growing up when I did junior categories or even go-karts, you never really thought about the weather much or, or you know, but, but track temperature now just, you know, one, the engine doesn't perform as well, you know, because they're so highly stressed now that any kind of, you know, adjustment with, with the ambient condition really hurts it or, you know, the tires just you know once they get hot just uh, are no good you know so it's it is uh one of those things that you know growing up you never really thought too much about but for us now going into yeah. a qualifying session you know you, you're constantly looking at the weather you know what wind direction you know even for gearing now you know you, you're changing gears on a road course by you know less than 100 rpm to make sure you had the right gear oh really yeah yeah i i have questions about uh, gears i will yeah. say that uh, doing a, a trans am race a couple of years ago the tires uh when they're cold are, are like use i just spun right off the track in yeah. this corvette just barely blipped the throttles like boom, went right <laughs> yeah. off but then later on in the race they were too hot yeah and they got <laughs> all marbly go. and they're sliding all over the place yeah. and it went from so like cold worthless Hot, worthless. Yeah. It's kind of like a right. There's a kind of a sweet spot in the middle, which works really well. And once you get under it or past it, yeah. there's more. There's failure. That's yeah. why every vintage race is like 20 minutes. Yeah. Because <laughs> those cars are You stay expensive. right in that window. Right, yeah, right yeah. in that nice window. You get a few laps in and in that window. Yeah, big slick tie when it's cold is not, not a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Um, let me tell you guys a little bit about Castrol Edge real quick. Castrol Edge is stronger under pressure. 
Engines can lose up to 10% of performance due to friction. Castrol Edge with fluid titanium transforms under pressure to keep metal apart and fight fight power-robbing friction to unlock exhilarating performance. It's three times stronger than the leading full synthetic against viscosity breakdown per the Kurt Orban test in the 5W30 vis grade. Edge formula always exceeds industry uh, industry's toughest standards, but the new and improved formula incorporates the latest technology that make it transform to be the strongest when pressure is highest. Check out Castrol Edge. So, uh, Scott, let's talk gears for a second. <laughs> the uh, we're gonna get technical. The now. Indy car <laughs> you drive is paddle shift yeah, now. Paddle shift, yeah. Does it blip the throttle for you on the downshift? It does. Okay. It does. No, Give me it, one of those steering yeah, wheels. Yeah, yeah. Or put it on yeah. my 510. Uh, is there a clutch in it? Do you use the clutch to get out of the pit, like first gear and then paddle only? Or Yeah, so the, the clutch is paddle too. So there's only two two pedals, you know, just your accelerator and brake, big pedals right mm-hmm. at uh, you know, your feet. But then you have a clutch paddle um, either side. Or you can do any configuration you want really um and then you have you know right and left for, for up and down but it, it, it does everything for you that's why we, we always joke if you know something looks wrong in the data i'll be like you know talking to my teammate i'll be like man it looks like you missed the shift you know <laughs> but of course you can't do it it's you like it's all, it's all now. controlled yeah, yeah you can um, not shift at all but but it's still a it's still a big you know you're trying to look for that perfect seamless shift that the manufacturers are constantly chasing and and you know with the configuration of the IndyCar now with their gearboxes it's still very hard to to get a very smooth shift the power plant matt and i were talking about this a couple of weeks ago yeah not in preparation for this <laughs> just we just talk about stupid car stuff and you were online and you're looking at the Indy power plant uh, yeah honda and are there two it was gm yeah honda GM. GM. Yep. Or, yep. or the engines in the yep. What is uh, it was a small displacement, right? It was yeah, like two point two, two point two liter in a Twin V, turbo. in a V six. six? Yep. Yeah. yeah, so that's a small displacement in a V configuration. Absolutely, yeah. So high RPM. Mm-hmm. Um, they limit those a little. Like it's about, I think it's twelve thousand RPM. I think that's high. Two or twelve and a half. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. But yeah. that's super high. I, yeah. I mean, in a V configuration, and they limit it one for for the car or like per track. No, it's for uh, durability, right? You know, gone are the days where we would have four engines a weekend. Now we have four engines for a whole season. So they have to reach, you know, 2,500 to 3,000 miles uh, each engine. Um, so I think it's it's to try and help those uh, you know costs and it never really does though you know the durability goes through such a transformation and the the materials and metals and stuff they use I think a lot of the time end up costing them more so there's always a way to spend money yeah, in racing yeah, yeah they do not they a continuously lot of spend money. it yeah like, do, do they have a, a diameter intake on the throttle body or something I mean what governs the horsepower boost. Oh, boost. Yeah, boost okay. and displacement. So um, everything else is pretty open. Twin and, turbo, and your RPM. 2.2, uh, 12 or 12 and a half yeah. on the RPM, and then they let you run X amount of bar or pounds. What is yeah. it, 17? But then you got the fun button, the cheat button in uh, there. Uh, overtake. Yeah, yeah, yeah the overtake. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. yeah. yeah I think it's uh, – think <laughs> Or 13 pounds. What is it, they bar talk, per they talk, pound? They talk 14.7. Yeah, yeah, I knew. And Matt's good for one thing and one thing only. When you can't figure out pounds to bar and the boost, he jumps in and saves yeah. the day. So you run how many – 
bar or pound. I think You're it's probably we use KPA. I don't know. Oh, oh no. Uh, sorry. Damn it. <laughs> there must be a conversion. Where's that? What That's is the, the K- K- KPA is that- to boost to bar? What What's the turbo pressure or KPA? It's probably some Newton thing or yeah, something like see, that. See, now it doesn't make any sense. Now there's one more thing for Matt to remember. Yeah. <laughs> damn it. But yeah, I think we don't use that because I, I learned 14.7 uh, from flying. Oh, uh, so I was wondering so why KPA you was something. like, we don't, we don't do <laughs> you that. Knew it. You're right. <laughs> so I'm a pound guy, but yeah. then the Porsche I have has a bar boost, bar boost yeah. in there, yeah. and I you see, can do the math. I see one bar equals 100 KPA. Oh, so there you go. It's just oh. the final. So 14.7 pounds is 100 KPA. I guess so. Well, that's that sound right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Metric, yeah. they, they're, how much, they're smarter than how much, So we're 150 KPA on road courses, but okay. the overtake is 165 KPA. I think. So you're 20-something, 20 21 pounds. pounds yeah. um, overtake kicks it up to 165, I think. How how do they monitor that, or how is that how's that regulated? So it's regulated by a boost, an electronic boost sensor on the plenum. Mm-hmm. Um, which is controlled by IndyCar, and then if it goes over it, then you get an overboost, which then limits the engine. It re- reduces. Uh, actually, it just puts in a in a in a hard limiter, so you mm-hmm. sit on the hard limiter for maybe three seconds, and then it takes it out again. How long? How long can you use it for? A race. You can use it as many times as you want, or whenever you want during a race. I wish you could use it as many times. Well, <laughs> but, you can, but, but in up theory. to like up to whatever. It's it, like so. It's a timed event now, so you get two hundred seconds on some of the bigger circuits and one hundred and fifty seconds on on some of the shorter ones. But one hundred and fifty seconds you can use in any in whichever amount way you, you want, like. whenever you yeah. want. It used to be because it, I saw Fast and Furious one, and he was always like, "Too <laughs> soon, Junior." That's right. It's the nitrous button at the end. And you know, I always thought the Mazda RX seven was a unit body car but the floorboards came on screwed right out of there they used diamond steel for the floorboard it came on screwed because you know when you're working on an RX-7 and you want to get to the ground (laughs) but you can't figure out how to get to what's under the car you gotta take that plate off so you can access the floor. There must have been 13 <laughs> screws that came out of that thing. Like, not one nylon nut on there? Just one to hold it in place? Yeah. Put a lock washer on <laughs> just there. A, well, just a dab of... Uh, Loctite? Of, of Loctite? Just but the dab. overtake used to be used to get 10 for 15 seconds. So it was annoying if you yeah. pushed it oh. or accidentally hit it, uh-huh. and it would run out 15 seconds. Some people would do it under caution. You know, you'd be talking on the radio, you'd maybe oh, hit right. the overtake, and it would just, you know, bleed off all that time, oh, yeah. which was totally annoying. But well, now it's, it's uh, controlled. The 150 on seconds that you get, I yeah. mean, is there an indicator? In, Somebody's in, keeping track like, cause oh, for you, you that right? information you, on the you wheel. Know, you go to it's hit it, it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, it's, and it's all on the wheel. You're like, damn. Yeah. yeah, you have... You can well, you can put whatever you want now, and I think you have up to eight pages of of data that you can look at on, on your. Do they right do they scroll down from one fifty yeah. seconds down so it goes that direction? Yeah. Kind of makes sense, but I guess you can go, you can do whatever you like, and it's there for, and you could set it up to go up or go down. Yep. Yep. It's an interesting sort of. Uh, I feel like the Whittington brothers kind of did that. <laughs> The Whittington brothers, <laughs> with their, they with did their have the Porsche and their secret nitrous. Oh, game. yeah. <laughs> the, the only problem is everybody else gets it. So yeah, yeah. that's how everybody else gets it. <laughs> the, it's it's an interesting process because, like, when you're driving a car and it's got a bunch of gauges on it, like sometimes there's some weird gauge that's like, uh, you know, 
manifold pressure yeah. or something. I'm like, I don't want to look at that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want to look at the temp. I want the temp, the oil temp, the yeah. water temp. You know, I yeah. I just put a piece of tape over oh, some yeah. stuff because I don't even <laughs> want it there. Like, why is it? Why is it there? Decoration. When You're we like, drove if that, that goes bad, yeah, it's yeah. going to break anyway. So <laughs> yeah. we drove the the uh, the uh, Trans Am vet. Remember when I came in like after qualifying and I'm like, I don't know what's going on yeah. with this dash. Like, I, can't I can't see anything, see anything on this dash. And he's like, <laughs> guy goes, oh, you had it in pit mode. Oh, and yeah, I go, yeah, yeah. I didn't have it in any mode. Yeah. I've never even touched it. Yeah. I've never even like, been in the you car. You left now. it in pit mode <laughs> and put me out on a track. I don't know what gear I'm in yeah. or what my RPMs are. And he's like, well, you got to put it into track mode. And I'm like, oh, what do you think I'm going to do? Like yeah. start yeah. F- yeah. grabbing buttons, buttons on this thing? <laughs> that happens all the time in the in the Ford GT because even the, the mechanics and, and engineers have set up pages, right, that you have to scroll through. But then you get in the car and you go out and you're, like, you're, you're scrolling through tons of pages to try and yeah. get to Where did we you know, what off? you need. Yeah. Um, but even in the Indy car, the, the Indy 500 this year, I got into it in practice and, and you, know, you scroll through the pages to get more information and they'd actually put a picture of a, of a sheep on mine. I'm I was going to say, from you can put videos on there. You can put all kinds of stuff. So I had a, I had a very lovely sheep on mine, which was interesting. <laughs> That's not distracting at all during <laughs> practice. I worked with one guy from New Zealand named Frazier. He actually gave me Vegemite in his, in his uh, camper van. But yeah. I thought, Vegemite, people think Australia, but it must be big in New Zealand too. Yeah, so Vegemite and Marmite. That's always the debate. But I think Marmite is maybe, is, I don't know. Uh, yeah, New Zealand might be more Marmite. Vegemite is more Australian maybe. I don't know. But it there's was, always a big de- debate between the two. This yeah. guy, Frazier, he was nuts in a fun <laughs> way, but like nuts. And, and I sort of went, he was fun. Like I'll tell you, how, I'll tell you how nuts this guy Fraser from New Zealand was. <laughs> we <laughs> we were doing earthquake rehab on a on a build, building downtown, and at some point there was some old lady named like Millie, and she was celebrating her ninetieth birthday, and she'd been in this building since they built it in like nineteen twenty one or something, <laughs> and so they're like, we want to gather everybody up in front of the building with Millie and the crew and everybody and and we'll take a picture with this 90-year-old woman in front of this building she's lived in her whole life. Now, I felt bad for her because it's a little shitty apartment. Like, <laughs> I've lived here my whole life. Like, okay. Yeah. What if I never moved out of my top floor parents' or? house? Like, yeah, it's a little <laughs> shitty room. But anyway, we all gathered around out front. They're like, come on, everyone, get in, get in. Stop your work. Gather up, gather up. And we got everyone around and the guy got like on a ladder and he got a camera and he was like, Go, move in, move in. And Frazier stood in the middle. He put his arm around Millie and then he let this colossal fart go. <laughs> and everyone's like, God damn it, Frazier. Oh! And everyone just cleared out and they never came back. <laughs> he never took the picture with Millie. Oh, oh really? No. That's how nuts this guy was. But he's like, I'm, I'm from New Zealand. I'm yeah. nuts. Yeah. We're all nuts. Oh. <laughs> but fun nuts. Fun nuts. But fun nuts. It's, yeah. it, that, and then I'm from North Hollywood. So I'm like, well, everyone from New Zealand is fun nuts. Is that is that a fair statement? That, that is probably a good statement and and very true. You got You got to go down to New Zealand. Like it's it's an amazing love spot. To go. It's you know, great it's, big muscle car collection. Yeah, a lot of car guys. There's so much racing history. You know, if you look at the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, with Bruce McLaren, Chris Amon, you know, Denny oh, Holm. Yeah. You know, was, there was uh, you know a whole lot of history, especially through that period. So it's it's um, 
I don't know. Growing up, that's all racing. It's it's funny. I mean, it's crazy when you take a look at some of that uh, V8 action over there. Like, if you ever take a deep dive, I think, uh, like, if you take a a deep dive on the internet, like, 70s V8 New Zealand Australian racers those guys were going at it yeah. like maniacs yeah, 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 like yeah. they're going nuts with those cars yeah. on those tracks like crazy like it was it's really intense and and hairy and and, and dangerous just, looking yeah, man. just raw you know and raw, and, and that's right. what it was really about you know and and you know the tracks were too you know if you if you came off or slid off you know there was there was consequences man you hit like a big grass bank or something you know it was it was going to knock you about you had, but you had parents that were racers yeah that's my how my dad got into it yeah raced uh you know a mixture of things whether it was rally cars or uh you know saloon cars to you know a bit of go-karting and and a bit of everything mum did a little bit of dirt dirt racing when they owned a speedway actually in Townsville uh, in Australia when, when we moved over there for a period in, in my younger life. What track did your dad own? My dad owned uh, <laughs> Orange County International Raceway, Button Willow, Willow Springs, yeah. and Thermal. No. <laughs> dad, did, <laughs> dad owned an apartment in North. Oh, he didn't own an apartment. No, he rented, he rented an apartment. apartment in, in North Hollywood. In North Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. with that 90-year-old woman as his roommate. So, no, this was a very small dirt track that yeah. that, uh, that they kind of owned for, for a period of years and then later you know, sold on. But, uh, yeah, it was it's um, – I don't know. Those were my best memories, man. Was, was aren't just... the uh, aren't the Millens? Yeah, yeah. Well, Millen so, brothers. So Steve Millen came in here, and we were like, "What's it like racing in Australia?" And he got so yeah, mad because he's from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's like, "No, I'm from New Zealand." I was yeah. like, "I know. We don't really know much of the difference here." <laughs> Which one is Eric Banna from? Because he he's... likes to race. Oh. He's Australian. He's Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we won't mention him. Then. Yeah. Oh, because you did that that uh, documentary, right? It was yeah. uh, the Beast or whatever. Yeah, it was. yeah. That was, but that was he was here a while back, and Adam, yeah, they Adam took him he, over to see the. He was. Um, God, I was going to say I was sort of calling his Beast like a Chevelle, but I don't know what it was in Australia, like a Mad Max fifteen or something. Yeah. Like, like he he had Eric Bana's V eight. In Australia, yeah, was a is it like a Holden or a probably Falcon like a Holden. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I don't even remember. What it we was. just took some American b- cars, and here they called them a Chevelle, and there yeah. they yeah. called it a Holden or yeah. something. Well, the Holden yeah. is kind of the, the Chevy of of Australia, I guess. I don't know. Chris might be able to. Find it is. What, yeah, car it is he was what was Banna yeah. working Eric on Banna's. the whole the whole time? The 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 Beast, I guess, is the story of him. And mm-hmm. constant that rebuilding car. and upgrading yeah. and whatever yeah. this car. I don't Ford know about Falcon. It. Oh, it's a Ford, oh, it was a Ford Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. yeah. Seventy something. Seventy four. Seventy four. And then he crashed I, it, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I don't even know if we were making Ford Falcons out here in the seventies or seventy four. I feel like that's a sixties well, car. We, we that had them in the yeah. We had them in the sixties, and you're right. I don't think. I think after the Mustang. When did Ford stop making the Falcon in the United States? Oh, that's funny because that car looks like a Mustang, right? It looks like a 74-ish kind of... Eh, it's a Gran Torino-looking yeah. kind of car. But anyway, muscle, V8. Um, looks like a lot New of fun. New yeah, Zealand, like Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't abide by sticking with one car and working on it your whole life. Yeah, I feel the same way about women. I feel like <laughs> you got to move on to the next model so, every year. And when I say model, <laughs> no, I, I know you model, not yeah. model year. Yeah. You move on yeah, yeah, to the yeah. next model. I've been trying. Yeah. All right. So the Ford Falcon in North America, 
uh, was from 1960 to 1970. Right. And oh, in yeah. Australia, it was 1960 to 2016. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They don't know when to let let it go, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think Holden was the same, right? Yeah, they, they, was, Which same. was a yeah. GM version of it, and they just kept running the, the Holden. I don't even know. There was many versions, but. Yeah. And then they I, brought us the Pontiac GTO here. Yeah. Yeah. In the, what, 2000, 2004, somewhere yeah, around yeah, there? Yeah. Yeah. But it was yeah. the Holden that was doing well there, and it came here, yeah. and it didn't do well. It didn't do well no. at all. But it was kind of a sporty... It's a two-door, you know, right? It's a two-door. It, it was, but it was kind of a sleeper muscle car. You know, it had the good the, engine and stuff in it, but kind of... Kind but of I will, like, I'll, I'll say that, like, when Ford brought back the Thunderbird, that was like, all right, swing and a miss. Yeah. Like, yeah that yeah, didn't yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. When they brought back the GTO, I, I saw a few of those, and, like, the specs and the looks, and everything. Like, that's a pretty yeah. cool piece. Yeah, and they yeah. could be fast. I'm it, sure Ken Ligonville, there's nine of them. <laughs> <laughs> that he got from Meekum and yeah, Kissimmee. All, <laughs> all right, let me hit uh, J.B. Weld for yeah. big or small repair projects, home or garage. You need JB Weld. You need something that lasts. We don't like to use the household glues because uh, just uh, that's uh, not industrial grade. We use JB Weld around here. Um, they have uh, you put it in your toolbox, put it in your kitchen drawer, you put it in your uh, craft room. Good for uh, metal, wood, plastic, and more. Made in the USA. Where we yeah. stopped making the Falcon in 1970 <laughs> because we knew better. Pros and DIYers have trusted JB Weld for more than 50 years. I always used to do the JB Weld for the metal repair, but now they're doing all kinds of epoxies and all kinds of uh, crazy glues and polyurethane that doesn't foam up like yeah. those other. I hate that foaming glue. There's a, there's a box in the room and I walked in they said you counted everything in there. I waited. Just, just to make sure. I didn't count it. Oh, I waited. Oh, you waited I didn't in want case people... there's one missing? <laughs> yeah, because they could use a few drops of the crazy glue and put it back. Oh, yeah. So no way, man. No way. Your sunglasses break, that's on you. <laughs> Fix it at home. <laughs> Fix it at home. <laughs> Available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, AutoZone, Advance Auto Parts, O'Reilly, everywhere else as well. It's uh, JB Weld, world's strongest bond. Yeah. So, uh, Scott, how do you, um, if they change the configuration of the uh, track at Toronto, how are you so consistently successful on that track? Uh, I, you know, I think most of it stays the same, right? Like the last few years, the I think the last four corners have changed a bit. But, you know, I think our street course cars have been very good. So, you know, they, they typically, you know, a Long Beach setup or a St. Pete setup to a Toronto mm-hmm. are just, you know, close variations. You know, Long Beach is always kind of its own unique thing. And then Detroit kind of is too, just because of the surface. Um, but yeah, I, d- I don't know. I think Toronto is... You could is, say talent. Sheer talent. Uh, you know, hey, it's, a, it's, talent. A, it's a team effort, man. It's a, it's a team effort. And the car's always been good there. But uh, it's, it's yeah. also... Um, it's a short track. There's a lot of action going on. I feel it suits my driving style quite a bit, you know, and, and trying to generate that tire heat, which I think is always a, is a big thing that you need to do at Toronto. Do you have anything, I don't want to call it a bucket list, but maybe I did, but you have a list like, okay, uh, Dunlamar, um, other events, I don't know, Pikes Peak or you tell tell us a vintage race at the goodwood track in a saloon car or you know you want to get back to that v8 australian new zealand yeah, type of driving. And we talked yeah. about we talked about classic lamar which is next year classic yeah. lamar yeah. Yeah, like, you gotta what, come to that you know it's, our, uh, it's in I, july maybe we're 
we're planning, we're trying to get everywhere, but you tell us, are there things uh, you're thinking about? So Lamar, still would love to win Lamar, I think. You know, I've been lucky enough to, to win Daytona a few times. Uh, Lamar is still uh, one of those, you know, major events that, that you want to win outright, especially, which mm-hmm. is tough, you know, especially with manufacturers these days and trying to cross between and to win outright now, you got to be in the crazy really prototype. Exactly, or, uh, Bathurst one thousand for sure is oh. is one that uh, I almost had an opportunity to do it. You know, this year, but but uh, it actually conflicted with Petit Le Mans that we have in Atlanta with the the last race for the Ford GT. Yeah. So we couldn't couldn't do that this year. Um, Going to try and do Bathurst twelve hour, which comes up in February. Uh, another one you guys should try and get to is uh, Rod Millen, as we were talking about mm-hmm. the Millens. Yeah, has the Leadfoot Festival, which is in New Zealand, uh, which is kind of a smaller version of Goodwood Festival. Uh, and yep. you run up his driveway, and it's it's a, it's a fun event too. So yeah, I've been lucky enough to to do a ton of great and exciting events, but uh, Lamar, uh, Bathurst, you know, those are definitely the ones right at the top. You need a big driveway. We need a driveway. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I. Oh, oh, I did not know about uh, Daytona. What were you driving? Were you driving the GT at Daytona? So, yeah, the last four years has have been uh, the GT, the Ford GT. Uh, previous to that, I think my first race at uh, Daytona was maybe in 2004 with Scott Pruitt and uh, mm-hmm. Max Pappas, and that was a sure. Toyota, I think. Um, but then my first one came with Toyota. At uh, Daytona with uh, Dan Weldon, the late Dan Weldon, Casey mm-hmm. Mears. Sure. Um, and then a few years later with Ford, actually, uh, a couple of times with the Ford GT and then, and then the DPI program uh, before that. So, yeah. We love Max Pappas. Yeah. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's a yeah. fun guy. He's a big guy. personality, man. <laughs> he's a big personality. <laughs> it seems like only yesterday we're going down Shoreline at uh at the Toyota Grand Prix, and he yeah. was banging my car yeah. from behind. Yeah. It, we were flat out. He just kept bumping me. <laughs> it's sad <laughs> that, that you were uh, in the celebrity race is gone now. That was, that was good to watch. That last one, now. though, was crazy. I thought they were going to kill somebody in the. Oh, do you remember that big crash in like turn eight or whatever? Yeah, because, was there. Into, yeah. because the last race, they, they qualified, and then they're like, it's the last race for fun. We're going to flip the order. Oh, wow. Well, so yeah. everybody in the, that in always the works back, and they just. And that race, everybody just kind of bangs their way through the yeah. lineup you know yeah. so they kind of yeah. it's yeah it's well, always they, carnage they they pulled a piece of safety equipment on the track yeah. without stopping the race yeah. which is like i don't know why you'd want a tow truck out there it's 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 every everything that sort of it was brett davern i think r- and then what, somebody hit his car when they were getting uh, him out of it whenever any <laughs> whenever anything goes wrong it's always like a confluence of sort of Bad coincidency yes. things. Yeah. Like, yeah. first off, it was around turn seven, eight. eight, I, yeah, eight turn you eight. know, you yeah. know, it was around turn eight. <laughs> turn eight is is blind. Yeah. You can't see yeah. past it. Um, then everybody was like, the yellows didn't mean shit because <laughs> yeah. here's what would happen if you stopped racing during a yellow. You they just passed Somebody you, and pass everyone you. just kept racing. So nobody slowed down on any big waving <laughs> yellows. Everyone's like, "Fuck it, I'm not slowing down." Max Pappas is going to catch me. If I slow down, <laughs> you. and He's so start bumping you. <laughs> everyone went around this corner, and 
I went around it too and was like, oh shit, there's a car there. And then, oh, oh I mean. That car was so lucky. Oh my gosh. That guy was, it was whole, we were just watching like, the, the did he, video. Did he break his leg or not? No, no he, like, was okay. he was okay. He just, he just jumped in the air like a cat and just, he was wow. like, he was fine. <laughs> but they were watching the cars come yeah. around and yeah. they're like, why are, why is nobody slowing down? Where's the yellow? Well, that's because the professionals normally <laughs> slow down, right? <laughs> there's a third. Yeah. So it's a blind corner. Yeah. Everyone ignores the yellows. No, Nobody, the, by the way, what everyone's figured out is when they tell you something like, you know, like in the past, it'd go like the pros start 30 seconds behind the celebrities and anyone who jumps the gun is going to be, it's like, fuck it, yeah, yeah. do it, go. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone figured out, yeah, no one ever does anything. Restart. Here's, what, not... here's your punishment. You get to get drunk earlier when you, when, after this race with the, with the guy yeah. told you not to do that. Like, they go, exactly. we will pull you off yeah, this yeah. course. You will be black flag. And then, and then yeah. the race starts. It's like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, everyone yeah, just yeah, racing. Yeah, okay. So that's what everyone figured out. And then, Whoever ran Brett Davern's car was yeah. right on the bumper oh of a guy Couldn't who see. saw yeah. it. He pulled out, and that's just been the scariest three-tenths of a second ever because he just <laughs> no. pulled out and just was staring at the back of a car. Yeah. It kind of makes you wonder why they stopped doing that race. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I feel like they're going to bring it back. Obviously, I don't think Toyota's going to bring it back. But no, well, it'd be it, accurate now, now if it's yeah, accurate, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It was always that, like for, for us, you know, it would always be right before qualifying or something. We'd be sitting in the engineering truck and we would have it all on the screens yeah. watching this race because the race was always very good to watch, yeah. you know, with the mix of, you know, amateurs and pros. and It is um, entertaining. It's and, entertaining. And actually, you bring it up. It would be kind of interesting. I know it's accurate, but it would be great to see a bunch of Civic Type R's out Let's there because it would Let's be such it. a jump for yeah. the performance of the car. And what it maybe a little too much. Maybe a little too much. <laughs> what it what it did. I know. Um, but there's the one element. Like there's the, the most important element of that race is is not the pros and the amateurs or or that mix. It's the it's not my car, yeah. and <laughs> nobody gives a shit nobody what I do shit. to this car. Because right. when it's your car, you drive differently, or when it's your team owner's car, and yeah. you have to answer to somebody, yeah, yeah. you don't drive like as big an <laughs> asshole. When it is not your car, and you're racing, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. And I've, I, I've done it where guys went through like four cars in <laughs> just in practice and stuff. Like uh, they blew it up or they busted it up or they crashed at the end of shoreline. And like someone would just go to them like, well, let's get you out of that car and let's see if we can find you another, another car. One. And they're like, okay. They wouldn't yell. They wouldn't like go, what the fuck? Come on now. <laughs> I, I, I want to say that uh, when Goldberg did the race years ago, uh, maybe it was qualifying or something. Maybe it was during the race. He something happened. He messed up. He felt like it was his fault. He got out of the car and he was mad. And he's big dude. Just punches the side view mirror, oh, which no. breaks <laughs> off the car. And then he gets to the locker room and he's like, uh, "Broke my hand." <laughs> wow, <laughs> he no. just broke his hand. Oh my god. <laughs> he's like, whatever. <laughs> but it's got to be like going indoor go karting. It's, it's oh, the yeah. same way. Like people just destroy those things. Well, at least when I go, yeah, when you go, most people destroy the, <laughs> the go karts. Um, yeah, they don't care. All right, all right let me business. tell you about Geico. Everybody's got a to do list. You drop off your dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Now you can add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance, and you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. Just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to do you can do today. Check out Geico.com. We are going to be in Portland 
coming up on the 30th of uh, August. That'll be the World of Speed Motorsports Museum. We'll be there with Mario Andretti. Yeah. And uh, I'll inform him that you shall pass him in IndyCar victory soon, <laughs> shortly. I'll be yeah, like, but he's going to say, yeah, but when I did it, you know, we didn't have helmets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll go, hey, with that hair, you didn't need a helmet, <laughs> man. <laughs> he's a character, man. I love Mario. He's such a, a big part of our sport. And, yeah. And, you know, I think we're lucky to have. You know, both him and AJ and so many, you know, the others from that era that still come to the races all the time, you know. it's, it's And uh, he was in the Newman film. You and I were talking yeah, about that before yeah, the show. He yeah. saw the Newman documentary. Yeah. Still into it. Still going strong. And we'll talk to him mm -hmm. uh, during our live show over there on the 30th. And then also uh, Golden State Theater, August 17th. I'll be doing stand-up there. That's in Monterey. And that'll be after our race. Yeah. Come to the track Saturday. Saturday. <clears throat> How's that for people? Yeah. yeah, yeah, for uh, for the Rolex Historic. So coming out to the vintage race, you race to the nine thirty five. Yes, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and I, I'm going to do my stand up set in my fire suit. Yeah, awesome. And I may wear my helmet too, <laughs> but I will flip the visor up to get the microphone. <laughs> it may or may not be there. you in there. <laughs> the stig. Somebody's so on the same day. Somebody's like, but I just saw Adam in the fire suit in Long Beach doing stand. -up. Well, if the guy up there is short and unfunny, that'll be Matt. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Scott Dixon, everybody. The uh, Toronto Indy race, the Honda Indy Toronto race, coming up uh, this Sunday. Three p.m. Eastern Time, NBCSN is where you can find it. We'll be watching, and you can sh check out his website, scottdixon.com, and shoot him a tweet at scottdixon9. Anything else, Scott? Do we got it all? No, you guys covered yeah. covered a lot, you know? Well, good I'm luck at the ESPYs tonight yeah, yeah. as we record this. It's yeah, we'll be, tonight. be yes, rooting for you. Hopefully, by you listen to this, you got an award. That'd be um, nice. <laughs> and we'll walk uh, around everywhere with it. Until next time, this is Adam Curl for Scott Dixon and Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.